Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. We have reported previously about the Federal Communications uh, Commission, which is considering rules that would deal a devastating financial blow to local media centers, such as the one right here at BMC. I have with me today Jeff Hansel, who is the executive director of the Belmont Media Center, to bring us up to date on what's currently going on. Jeff? Bring us up to date, please. Thanks for having me. Sure. Well, uh, there has been a lot of pushback from Congress on this proposed rule by the FCC and a lot of pushback from people across the country. But I'm really here just to remind people that we still need to hear your voices. Congress can, still needs to hear from people out there across the country because if the FCC does propose this rule, it not only means that our funding will be cut, but we're talking about the funding for hundreds of community TV stations across the entire country. So I'm here just to remind people to go to the uh, web link that we developed where they can send a letter to Congress, which sends a letter to the FCC. And you just go to bit.ly forward slash save BMC. It's our own link. Uh, there it's, it takes maybe less than a minute uh, send it and it, it goes to your two congressional or your congressional representatives and your senators. And people should say that they rely on the Belmont Media Center uh, for local news for one thing, but mm -hmm. what, what should people say? Well, there's an automatic message that's developed, so if they don't have time, they can just send it. However, you want to add your own personal message, that's great to say that uh, this rule would actually do irreparable harm to our community. Uh, if they want to say something personal, that's fine. Uh, but we, the, what we do know is the more people who step up and speak up to Congress with this uh, particular uh, website, uh, it does make a difference, and it is making a difference. I went to Washington, D.C. a couple of weeks ago with colleagues from across the country. We visited our senators, our congressional representatives. We got a few more people to sign on to talk to the FCC, so it did made it make a difference. We did actually meet with the FCC, and they are considering going forward or doing some sort of other legal uh, challenge. So uh, it's we still have to keep fighting this. Now, you and I have uh, reported on this before uh, on right. the Belmont Journal, but can you give us the uh, uh, a, a thumbnail view of what the impact will be and what's being proposed? Well. Uh, they, these community media stations like Belmont Media are here, were brought into existence by Congress, by federal law, and by a funding framework. This proposed rule doesn't actually change the law. It just changes the definition of words within the law so that they can say, now we're going to interpret the law this way, even though we've interpreted 40 years, you know, 35 years the other way. So it really is it could be actually against the law if they pass it, so there will be a legal challenge. But essentially, all of our funding comes through the cable companies who, the, the basic idea is we've uh, allowed cable companies across the country to wire the, the nation. And in exchange, they provide 5% of their gross revenues to fund facilities, staff, and equipment in hundreds of communities across the nation. Thanks for stopping in. It is a threat to community media stations, community media centers such as BMC. 
We've been speaking with Jeff Hansel. Welcome to This Week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. I have with me today Joanna Juvelis, who is the multimedia journalist for The Citizen Herald and for Wicked Local Belmont, Belmont's print and online source of hyperlocal news. Thanks for stopping over. Yeah, happy to be here, Roger, as so, always. Uh, were you ever bullied as a kid? Unfortunately, I was. Uh, we, we have a uh, situation in Belmont where it's not a kid that's being bullied, but it's an adult. Can you tell us about I it? Sh I sure can. And that adult is actually a selectman candidate, Tim Flood. As you know, he's running for selectman in a race with two other candidates, Roy Epstein and Jesse Bennett. And at candidates night in his opening statement, the League of Women Voters candidates night on March 21st, in his opening statement, he addressed this issue. He said that he's been getting anonymous letters and emails sent to his business and his home. And he said to everybody there, I have it right here. As voters, you have to decide what to, what to believe. I know what's true because I have lived it. Can you give us the backstory to it? Uh, Tim was a yes. civilian police officer. He was a civilian police officer at the U.S. Army Garrison in Natick, Massachusetts. And what these anonymous letters had in them, and I know this because I actually received one in my office addressed to the Belmont Citizen Herald. It was anonymous, and it said um, to look into this incident. And it had a, a copy of what appeared to be a United States Court of Appeals petition dated August 5th, 2010 where uh, Timothy Flood was seeking review of a final decision um, of the Merit Systems Protection Board terminating his position as a civilian police officer at the U.S. Army Garrison in Natick, Massachusetts. To find out more about this, you can actually go to his website, which is timfloodbelmont.com slash full-transparency, where he discloses what happened 11 years ago, which led to his dismissal. And even more than what did or did not happen and why it did or did not happen, people have not reacted well to this adult bullying, right? The, uh, well, the other thing that happened at Candidates Night was actually Ellen, Ellen O'Brien Cushman, our town clerk, also said in her uh, statement, she also gave an opening statement where, where she said Belmont is a small town, a, a friendly town. And, and lately there's been a bit of rancor, whether it's about elections or points of view that people don't necessarily share, and that makes me kind of unhappy. And she basically suggested to everybody, if you see someone on the street, why not just smile and say hello and realize that that person is your neighbor today, and after whatever election, they'll still be your, your neighbor. So she, even she addressed it, and then Jim Williams, former selectman, asked, asked the question straight out. He's like, I've heard a rumor that one of you is running to basically um, possibly take votes away from another candidate, uh, basically something to that effect. And he wanted to know from each of the candidates, why are you running? And is there a concern that the adult bullying will affect whether people will run for public office in Belmont that is, in the that is That is town clerk Ellen's concern. She's like, this. we've had a healthy you know, pool of candidates here, but what's going to happen in the future? Will people be afraid to run because they're going to be afraid that people are going to dig up things about their past? No. So to close the door it, uh, on this topic, uh, adult bullying really is no more appropriate at the adult level than it is at the, right. the kid level. Yes. Okay, let's talk about something a little more... Uh, fun. Fun. That's, fun. That's a good word. We have a new chocolate tree. 
Yeah, I don't and, know if you know this, you... Roger, but I love chocolate. Okay, so a chocolate store is actually opening in Cushing Square. Hopefully, you know, by the middle of April, it's going to be called TikTok Chocolates. And is there a backstory to that? There is a backstory. Yes, the the couple that owns it, Dee and Jim Chaplin, are from Waltham, which is known for its clocks. <laughs> and you are wearing an appropriate tie as we talk about TikTok Chocolates today. <laughs> and they they aren't really. Uh, chocolate makers. I mean, they were both yeah. engineers, right? Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I know she was. I, I'm not, I can't remember exactly what he used to do, but they both quit their full-time jobs to, to put their, their money into this business. So let's let's support them when they do open at 111 Trapello Road. I'm sure everybody loves chocolate. Let's let's support this, this new local business. That's great. The TikTok chocolate uh, uh, shop in uh, uh, Cushing Square on Trapello Road. Yes, it's exciting. And, and they will be at the farmer's market as well when the farmer's market opens in June. Mm -hmm. We've been speaking with Joanna Juvelis, who is the multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald in Wicked Local Belmont. You can read about these stories and more both online and in the print edition of the Citizen Herald, which you can find on Thursdays. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, who is the editor and publisher of The Belmontonian. Franklin, thanks for stopping over today. Thank you very much. There uh, are citizens' petitions that uh, have been presented to town meeting. And has uh, been, two of them. And they have been accepted for in the article uh, for town meeting. The, um, the first one deals with the name of the select board? That's right. Uh, well, it's selecting the, men. <laughs> yes. And it is, it would, uh, it is by... Um, uh, Marty Bittner is one of the uh, sponsors, and uh, it would change uh, the Board of Selectmen to a gender-neutral name change, basically. They would like to do it to, as the Select Board. Now, that's something that's been going around um, a lot of places. Arlington is one place where they, where they changed the name, and many other places have done it. I believe um, Newton was another place. Um, so, so they're just, uh, they're, they're wanting, it's part of a trend throughout the country to make, um, make the name less patriarchal and more uh, <laughs> more revealing for, for what the um, uh, society for is today. For what the community is. That's right. Now, um, I know that there has been a question about whether this would cost money. Now, um, will it cost money? I mean, you do have to make changes. I mean, you know, you have um, many bylaws that says the Board of Selectmen will. And, yes. Or is this just simply a, a, a very minor thing? So it really comes down to whether you want to make a change uh, that everybody else is going through, or if you want to um, uh, keep tradition. You know, there, there, there have been examples of towns which have stated, no, we're not going to change it. We're just going to keep it because we, we just like the name. Uh, there's even places down south which they said, we, we will never change. You know, they have made bylaws <laughs> which say, we can never change it. Well, down south. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and let's back up for a minute, too, because I talked about a citizen's petition. Can you tell me uh, briefly the difference between a citizen's petition and uh, some other article on the warrant? Well, the other articles on the warrant are, are basically uh, done through the Board of Selectmen or other d departments, you know, uh, whether it is the budget or, or things like that. Um, this one is by citizens. You, you get a number it, of... It bo bubbles up. It really does. And, you know, in the past we've seen um, 
citizen petitions on um, some very important uh, things, such as uh, bringing together, uh, which was then two facility managers, one for the schools and one for the and one for the town, brought them together, saving money and, and making a much more cohesive department for the facilities. And we've done it also for uh, smoking uh, cigarettes over in uh, parks. Okay, so let's talk about the second citizens' petition for this spring. It is a uh, resolution to endorse right to repair. That's right, and that is basically saying that citizens should be able to get the equipment, usually software, uh, software code or special equipment that um, companies have, uh, and and you know they, they basically companies are saying, look, you have to come to us, come to the dealership, as a, you know, or come to the company to have your repairs done. It's, now, this is something that's going across the country. This is not like it's just in Belmont. Uh, Paul Roberts has decided to, to uh, make this a non-binding resolution, as it would be. Uh, but it would, it would show that Belmont wants, uh, Belmont, the citizens of Belmont want to have repairs done by, second, by secondary uh, individuals or, or by yourself. Okay. Let's close the door on town meeting, which is coming up in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, talk about something that's been going on for years, but there is a special decision that needs to be made about the new 7 to 12 school. That's right. You know, uh, you think you've done everything you can, I mean, you, uh, for the new, uh, uh, the sc new school building, the 7 to 12, 12 school building, uh, except they have uh, one last thing to do, and that's name it. Because right now it's basically um, at the MSBA, which is Massachusetts um, School Building Authority, which is our partner, which gave us, you know, a third of the money. So they said, you know, because we have to have branding and signing and, and everything else, we need a name. <laughs> so uh, right now a subcommittee of the, uh, of the building committee of the, of, uh, are, are, is now collecting the names and whittling it down, talking to students and, and faculty and some residents uh, about what the name can be. And let me give you some of the names right now. It's, uh, you have Belmont High School, Belmont Middle slash high school, Belmont High School, lower division, upper division, Belmont Secondary School, upper school, lower school, you know, and many in that same vein. There are some even that are like Belmont Academy, upper school, lower school. You know, so it's a, you know, it's, they're trying, what, what, what they're trying to do is they're trying to do two things, and, and um, I wonder if this is compatible. One is to allow anybody who's at the high school right now who always thought they were going to graduate from Belmont High School to graduate from a from Belmont High, high school. school, right? But you also, but as as, as uh, Superintendent Phelan said, you know, we want to give the middle schoolers something to say, "This is ours." So it's you can see where they're they're going to have to have some kind of hyphen name or something like that. Yes. You know, there are there are other you know uh, uh, other places around the state you know um, have have gone through this. Over in Lee, in Western Massachusetts, they have Lee Middle and High School, Carver, Carver Middle High School. West Bridgewater Middle slash Senior High School. So you can see how other communities have have done this. But again, you know, as 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 as, as Superintendent Phelan said, you know, probably it'll just turn out to be Belmont High School. <laughs> Thanks for uh, stopping over. Thanks for bringing us up to date. Thank you. We've been speaking with Franklin Tucker, editor and publisher of the Belmontonian. It's been a few years since the town clock has worked. Located in the Unitarian Church across the street from the post office on Concord Ave, the clock fell into disrepair given a lack of maintenance funds and uncertainty over who owned the clock. Now with help through the Community Preservation Act, repairs are on the way. Joanna Juvelis 
gives us a tour of this historic Belmont landmark. We want to restore what we consider to be a, a secular resource in the town. It's a historic resource without question. And that's the town clock. It's in our tower of the first church in Belmont, here across the street from the post office on the town green. Yeah, so this is how you access the clock. The clock was purchased by the selectmen in 1889 and installed for the dedication of the building. The restoration involves uh, sending tradespeople and, uh, and carpenters up into the uh, clock space and the access is by means of an old oak ladder right now and the ladder needs to be replaced for the safe access for the craftspeople. Yeah, just take your time. Put your, yeah, wrap your hands. Don't, don't, don't worry about getting your hands dirty. Yeah. And then when you reach over, when you step to the top, yeah. reach right over here and grab this. Wow. This is amazing. And then you go up even more? Yeah, so, but it's floors and it's a short ladder. You've done the most challenging part. <laughs> All right, she did it! Good job. Boy, I don't know now if I we're at the clock it. level of the tower in the first church. Um, about 25 feet or so above the town green. And this is the movement that turns the clock. And it was, it was built by the uh, renowned Howard Clock Company in Waltham. And these are the shafts that turn the dials on the faces. As the, clock, as the movement turns, it turns these shafts which turn the dials right outside these walls. This is a crank that winds the weights up, but it wouldn't do any good to wind them up now because they will not descend because the clock movement is too dirty. Total grant is for $66,250. Um, I mean, it breaks out about, about two thirds of that is for the, the ladder that lets us get access with technicians and equipment. Okay, you ready? So the clock has the capability of striking the bell, and it does it by pulling on this cable, and then it sounds like this. Former Belmont resident Kimberly Becker does feminist art. At her upcoming exhibit, curated by the Cambridge Art Association at the University Place in April, Kimberly will be exhibiting her row house dresses and her resistance dolls. Belmont Journal News Director Frederic Riglo visited Kimberly to talk about her upcoming exhibit. Becker's upcoming exhibit opens on April 4th at 6 o'clock. My name is Kimberly Becker. I am an artist in the Boston area and have recently been doing a lot of work more political art than I've ever done before. And the work I'm doing right now are my resistance dolls. So I am making a doll every day. I started on the day that Kavanaugh was seated on the Supreme Court, and I will be making a doll every day until he is impeached and removed from the Supreme Court of the United States. He lied under oath to Congress and was through really fast, and I believe completely unqualified to be on the court, and there is 
ample evidence that he's there with a mission to change the way that women um, are able to control their bodies. So the day that Kavanaugh was seated on the Supreme Court, I was had just arrived a few days earlier to an artist residency in Wyoming. And my intention at that residency was to get a lot of work done for the show that's about to happen, but not dolls. I had never made a doll. I'd never even thought about making a doll. And I felt pretty confident that the senators that were in question about seating this this particular nominee would find their way to say no, and that I knew we'd have to vet another Supreme Court justice nominee. So it was shocking to me when he got seated. And I just, I couldn't make the work that I was planning on making. And the only thing I could think of was to honor women in some way, and so I made a doll. And then the next day I made another doll, and the next day I made another doll, and it started to turn into something, and it felt very therapeutic. It was my personal decompression. And each one is unique. I wasn't looking to manufacture, mass-produce some toys. They're not toys. They're, they are art. They are a piece of art that, that has a purpose. And I believe that women everywhere are going to be affected by the changes that are going to come with a conservative judge on the, on the Supreme Court. And I feel like it's really important that we keep focused on the issues that are going to change women's lives for in a big way for a long time. And so every day I make a doll and I post it on Instagram and Facebook and I remind everyone every single day that this is still a problem in our country, that we're still fighting for women's rights, that our autonomy is definitely a threat. And it's important to me that they get out there and that they help tell the story. If they're out in the public and they're out in people's homes, the conversation can continue on a more personal level. Here's the Belmont Media Center's Jane Peters to tell us about what there is to do in Belmont in the coming week. Hi everyone, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for next week. In celebration of April Fool's Day, children can visit Habitat on Tuesday at 10 a.m. to learn about the tricks animals play. What would you do if you were a small animal trying to escape larger ones? Some hide, some play dead, and some are able to disguise themselves. Learn about some of the tricks animals use to fool their predators. Learn the most important steps you and the town can take to prevent global warming and climate change at the Belmont Energy Committee's Forum on Wednesday, April 3rd from 7 to 8.30 at Chenery Middle School. Learn how transportation contributes to global climate change, how clean energy practices are being integrated into the Metropolitan Area Planning Commission's work, and ongoing action steps in the Belmont Climate Action Roadmap toward achieving Belmont's goal of reducing carbon emissions by 80% by 2050. Visit BelmontClimateAction.org to learn more about this energy event and the Belmont Energy Committee. Local celebrities will dance up a storm in Belmont's first ever Dancing with the Belmont Stars on Friday at 6. This competition serves as a fundraiser for the Belmont Women's Club, featuring the most famous Belmontonians like Becca Pizzi, Senator Will Brownsberger, Town Administrator Patrice Garvin, and more. The competition begins at 7 p.m. at the Beach Street Center. BHS students will perform for judges and you at Belmont Idol on Friday at 7 in the BHS Auditorium. Enjoy this musical talent competition for all ages. All proceeds benefit diversity program at BHS. Powers Music School celebrates the 56th year of its Mildred Freiburg Piano Festival this weekend. A festival that began as the catalyst for the founding of the school in 1964, it now features concerts by all age levels. The opening night concert on Friday at 7 stars guest performer Kira Zueron Zaho at the First Armenian Church. 
Saturday and Sunday's concerts take place at 130, 3, 4:30, 6, and 7:30 based on age and level, with the 7:30 performances reserved for advanced students. Visit powersmusic.org/pianofestival to learn more and to purchase tickets. The Hood Rubber Plant was founded in East Watertown in the 1890s in the area behind the Watertown Mall. It employed hundreds of immigrants, especially Armenians, from the neighborhood. Roger Hagopian, local historian and filmmaker, will screen his film on the plant on Sunday at 2 in the library. A Q&A will follow the screening. Belmont World Film presents the East Coast premiere for Jirga on Monday, April 8th at 7.30. The film is a modern morality tale about a former Australian soldier who returns to Afghanistan to seek forgiveness from the family of a civilian man he accidentally killed during the war. He puts his life in the hands of the village justice system, the jirga or traditional assembly, part of the non-written age-old Afghan ethical code of honor. Watch the film's trailer and purchase tickets at belmontworldfilm.org. And that's all for next week. If you like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. Henry Middle School 7th and 8th grade science teachers brought their teams to the State Science Olympiad. The teams did well, with the regular team placing fourth in the state and the alternate one team placing second in the alternate competition. The Belmont Journal was there. Hello, we're here from the State Science Olympiad competition where students from Chenery just competed and really represented the town very well. Uh, it's a statewide competition for where students, we have 48 students on our team uh, participating in 23 different events and so they split up into four teams and just from engineering to test taking they, they really did a great job. We're really proud of all of our students and all the hard work they've put in and the love of learning and science that they showed us today and their great sportsmanship. What we really value is their love of learning and trying new things. And it's not about winning, it's about kind of enjoying science and working together. And we really see that in the Chenery Kids this year. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. Thanks for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will see you again next time.